top of the morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of the day that it is while you're listening to this podcast, you know it as the number one rated basketball podcast that there is out there right now. Rated by me, I guess, most importantly. <laughs> and guess what? If if you don't believe that you are the best and that your product and your content is the best, then um, you're probably in the wrong business. But at least my friends like to think so. It's always really important to have some really awesome friends on your side that think you do such a good job. Either that or they're lying to you to your face or through text message, email, two-way, whatever the case may be. This is Tate's Take, of course, where bad basketball lives follow along on social media at tates take hoops t-a-t-e-s-t-a-k-e-h-o-o-p-s accessible to all platforms that being you know google podcast uh, red circle is, is where we primarily post the podcast to uh, accessible to apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, the whole nine and today obviously we're going to talk some college basketball i know shocker right of course, we you know we get into a lot of different stuff here: high school basketball and, and college basketball, pro basketball, that good stuff. But today, obviously, on the college scene, since we did this the last time, and I know it's been a little bit of a while, we've taken a little bit of a break and just trying to get some things together. But we are back, and make sure that we're all on the same page. So happy 2020 to you all! First things first, right out the gate, we've got a seventh number one, one, two, three, yeah, four, five, six, seven, seventh number one in terms of poll rankings this year i know there's been a lot of different stat lines thrown around there between the different not just number ones but also top 10 ranked teams that have lost to unranked teams which is really surprising this year let me just say this before i get started into the rankings we're going to break down some ap poll rankings uh this is week 12 now that we're in uh and of course i'm gonna give you some of my own personal tates take rankings and a little bit of insight or intel behind why i have some teams ranked where i do now i hear people complaining about you know what this year has uh, shown itself to be in college basketball this year in regards to well it's boring and well it's this and it's that and you don't have any superstar players and no superstar talent no you know elite programs and all that kind of stuff and guess what not only are you right but I also love it because we don't have to wait until March to begin the madness. We've been getting the madness all season long. You know, we witnessed, you know, Evansville take down Kentucky at Rupp. We've seen, you know, Stephen F. Austin take down Duke uh, at Cameron Indoor. And of course, you know, Kentucky followed that up with some losses to some unranked teams. Ironically enough, uh, I think all of the teams that they've lost to, uh, have all been unranked, believe it or not, with the exception of Ohio State, who is now, uh, ironically enough, unranked. I think losing five of their last six or something right up in that range, which is absolutely crazy. And most people might think that I'm even crazier for saying the fact that I still think that they could potentially be a contender for, uh, certainly for the Final Four, maybe if not for a national championship, but I'm not sure that it would surprise anybody to see them, uh, you know, playing like a final four team the later that we get into the season this is a team with what is it ej and cj and 
Um, I think there's a, another one in there somewhere I'm trying to think of his name, but I can't write off the back. But regardless of the fact, uh, or is it MJ? I think it's MJ, EJ, and CJ. Oh, no, DJ. They remind me a lot of the team that, you know, went to the Final Four, uh, was it 2012, I want to say that it was? Yeah, with Jared Sullinger and some of those guys. I think Aaron Kraft may have been on that team, too, potentially. But outside of that, because we're talking about the ranked teams, obviously, and that's an unranked team, but they're a formerly ranked team as of this week. So here goes the AP top 25 as followed according to today week 12 of course number one the Baylor Bears is the team that takes over the number one spot uh, from Gonzaga all of these number ones we've seen you know Baylor be number one now Gonzaga uh, was a number one as well at one point in time this year uh, actually held the number one spot down for the longest and didn't even take a loss while number one ironically enough Baylor just happened to have jumped Gonzaga um, which is awfully strange because Gonzaga got a win over I think a good BYU team of course on the road and they stomped BYU if you will but um and beat Santa Clara but Baylor you know Oklahoma State hung in there tight at home against against Baylor when Baylor Baylor was on the road and all of a sudden they jumped so maybe they were feeling a little guilty about not ranking Baylor number one, where I, too, believe that they should have been ranked ahead of Gonzaga. So Baylor has seen number one this year. Gonzaga, that's two. Uh, Kansas has seen uh, the number one spot at one point this year as well. Louisville being another one of those teams, that's four teams. Duke has seen it. Uh, Kentucky as well as Michigan State. Now, Baylor's one of those teams that's obviously really expensive. They're really uh, expensive. <laughs> they probably are expensive, too. A very experienced as well as very strong, very physical type team, and that that's just the kind of job that Coach Drew, uh, you know, he, he's doing a good job, obviously, and undefeated in, in conference play as well. And if I'm just being honest, that's just a team that I really don't believe in moving forward. Uh, I think that they're peaking early. They've certainly done a, a significant job and got some very, very credible uh, wins. But a lot of those wins, not so many on neutral side as there is at home. And they haven't really gone on the road to play too much competition. I think when that time comes is when they will end up taking a loss. But nonetheless, they're taking care of business right now, so they deserve to be at the number one spot. Gonzaga's another team who I think has benefited, and everybody's going to say, well, their non-conference schedule is weak and so on, or, or their regular season in the West Coast Conference where typically only St. Mary's is the team that kind of uh, competes to a certain extent uh, with Gonzaga, but I think BYU is that team this year. Nonetheless, Gonzaga is a team that, you know, obviously is very deserving of being number one and certainly a contender for the national championship, along with 350 other Division One teams probably. And I say that facetiously. Make sure I say it a little slow. You shouldn't use words that you can't spell, of course. You know, Gonzaga is just one of those teams that, uh, much like, you know, Baylor uh, getting a lot of transfers the way Coach Drew did, Coach Few is, you know, the same type of coach and, and, and starting to not only recruit much better right out of high school, but he's getting a lot of transfers. And on top of that, beefing up that non-conference schedule and got some wins. The only loss that they have here on the season is to now an unranked Michigan team. But it was just really weird to see Michigan go from unranked to playing in that battle for Atlantis and, um, and, and, and beating Gonzaga down, I think, by about close to almost 30 points at that point uh, to becoming a team um, that was ranked in the top 
what, four, I believe it was, number four, and then before they lost to Louisville, and then they've kind of been on a slump ever since. And I just want to make sure people have a clear understanding of this as I'm going to jump around quite a bit. Um, I think that the consensus would agree that the Big Ten is the strongest conference in college basketball right now. And it's going to remind me that conference and, and participation in that play where it seems like nobody can uh, win on the road, <laughs> as it seems, uh, in that conference I'll tell you what, that is a uh, a conference that reminds me much of the SEC in football where it's like they just beat up on each other the entire way through. Kansas checks in at number three, San Diego State at number four, uh, Florida State at five, who's been playing outstanding basketball, to be honest with you. That's one of the biggest surprises on the season. A lot of people say it's San Diego State, and I can understand why. Along with Baylor, they're a huge surprise. I mean, this thing has really been all about surprises. Um, but between Baylor, San Diego State, Florida State, those are three teams currently ranked in the AP top 25 or top five even uh, that I think has been a huge, huge surprise. But we shall see if they're a team that has just happened to peak early or if they are for real. So contenders are pretenders for those guys. Checking in at number six is Louisville, who I picked. If you can go back to um, uh, one of my very first episodes here. I said that that's going to be a team that's going to win the ACC. And after beating Duke, which I think between Louisville and Duke is the two top contenders for the ACC, uh, I believe, you know, with Louisville winning on the road at Cameron Indoor with an experienced ball club, and I know that Duke is not exactly that. And Duke, you know, anytime that you have Coach K on the sidelines, they're always going to be right there in the mix. You better believe that. Number seven is uh, Dayton checking in, Obi Toppin and those guys. And, you know, I'll be the first, one of the first ones to say, you know, I, I don't know if you, you know, heard it anywhere else. You shouldn't have. I think I heard Jay Billis say it one other time as well. A team that nobody's really talking about is this Dayton Flyers team. We know about Obi Toppin, but, you know, Crutcher and, and, and some of the other players they have on that team is uh, definitely legit and it's a guard based team that's for sure but you better believe that it's an experienced team maybe not postseason experience but they are certainly an experienced team and and I love the way that they play basketball they're a very exciting team they've overcome a little bit of adversity uh, and, I, and I really believe that if you're looking for a quote unquote mid-major team to make a run in March there's no question in my mind it would not surprise me for this team to be the one to go to the final four and for me I I think that they're, I wouldn't say a lock, but I think that they're everything but a lock uh, from my standpoint to make the final four. And I typically don't like to get a final four because I know a lot of people have been asking me lately, who you got in your final four? I typically don't like to do that just because of the simple fact that I like to see those brackets first and those seedings and those matchups and, you know, who's going to be the five and who's going to be the 12 because everybody looks forward to that upset. Who's the four and who's the 13 and so on and so forth. So I think that that's going to be something to really look forward to is because Dayton has not necessarily played the toughest schedule. The couple teams that they have played between Colorado and Kansas, I think both of those were overtime games and they're both that Dayton loss. And they're checking in at number seven. So I think that most people, at least the AP, if not nobody else, would agree that they are legit. Duke checks in at number eight, coming off of back-to-back losses. One on the road at Clemson, and the other, as I mentioned previously, against Louisville. Villanova checks in at nine. Uh, Seton Hall at number ten, who's been playing significantly better 
uh, ever since Miles Powell, who's arguably the best player in college basketball, certainly uh, one of the best scorers in college basketball this year, has come back because a couple games that they did lose was when he was out, and they they definitely look like a different team now that he's back in the lineup. A little bit of a surprise here for me. I'm not sure. Maybe it's some program prestige love a little bit michigan state checks in at number 11 and we talked about teams that peak early that's one of the ones that don't necessarily peak early but instead on the opposite end they peak late and this is typically going into february and march when they start playing their best brand of basketball so we'll see oregon at number 12 who took a loss uh earlier this week as well uh, did come away with a win, I believe, against Washington, but took a loss to Wazoo, uh, ironically enough. You don't hear that every day, uh, beating Washington and losing to Wazoo or just losing to Wazoo in general. Butler checks in at number 13 after back-to-back losses to some pretty good teams. West Virginia, 14. Kentucky, 15, which I think is right around where they need to be. Auburn, 16, who got all the way up to number 4, uh, and then back-to-back losses for them. Uh, Maryland at number 17, who I had a hard time really putting into my personal top 20. Uh, but, you know, there's something about that schedule that you can't really go against. Um, Texas Tech at 18, Iowa 19, who is a very, very good basketball club. I mean, they are a very good team. If you never heard of Luca Garza, that's one name that you might want to look into. Memphis is 20 with Illinois, number 21. Arizona, 22. Colorado, 23. Rutgers. Rutgers. Rutgers from the rack at number 24. And then Houston, uh, number 25, led by Kelvin Sampson. Now, my personal now that was the ap my personal uh rankings look a, a tad bit different than that obviously uh, i have baylor number one as i you know as I spoke up on before gonzaga uh, at number two san diego state i think is worthy of being at number three i mean dude they're unbeaten and it looked like they may have a loss coming sometime soon but i don't think their loss will come before baylor and um, before you know it, who knows? San Diego State could ride this thing out all the way until both of those teams lose and then end up being the eighth team to hold the number one spot. I got Kansas at four with Florida State at five, Louisville at six, uh, and Dayton at seven. So I'm, I'm pretty close to around the way that the AP had it. Uh, Villanova at 8, Duke at 9, Oregon at 10, Seton Hall 11, uh, West Virginia 12, Butler 13, Auburn 14, Kentucky 15, Michigan State 16. I know people are going to be like, whoa, you, the homer, got Michigan State at number 16? I do, and I'm going to explain to you why uh, here in just a second. Uh, Memphis at 17 with Maryland 18, 19 is Illinois, 20 is Colorado, 21 Wichita State. Uh, 22 LSU, believe it or not, 23 Rutgers, 24 Houston, and 25 Iowa. Now, all that that has been said, circling back around and just going to touch on a couple teams here. Uh, let's start off with Michigan State. Shocker. Again, yes, I know. Uh, that is a team that has not, yes, they are playing in the toughest conference in the country in the Big Ten and they are the number you know one team in that conference they're they're standing there all by themselves but at least for now according to the rankings and you know they look like a totally different Michigan State team at home than they do on the road and all of their toughest games so far in the Big Ten has been at home now I know that 
you know, conference season or conference plays just uh, of the season is just now kind of ramping up or whatnot and still some tough games to go and haven't really played a lot of tough games in general in terms of in the conference, haven't played the meat and potatoes, hasn't played the Penn States or the Ohio States, haven't played Maryland yet and uh, a few other teams. But um, I will say enough to say that, you know, the Michigan State has some some room for improvement in terms of, or maybe not room for improvement, but just to be able to show me that they can look strong on the road. And that's not something that we've seen as of yet. Uh, I think the only two road games that they've had, and one of them they lost, uh, was against Purdue, which is the one that they lost, and pretty much taken to the woodshed. I mean, it's like you know, Purdue just pretty much wrapped the, 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 the napkin around their neck on Michigan State, just took them to the woodshed, took them out back, and beat them like they stole something. You know, that that's pretty much essentially what happened. And uh, the other was on the road against Northwestern, who's at the bottom of the league. And so that's not really all that impressive. So uh, I think that there's some other teams. When you go and look at it, Michigan State, I mean, who is the most credible win that they have on their resume? I would imagine that's Seton Hall on the road, so that's pretty impressive. But in terms of program prestige, when you've already played against the Kentuckys and the uh, you know Dukes of the world and, and, and you lose those games... Those those things have to be accounted for when you start trying to factor in them getting high rankings. And when they have the target on their back, they don't necessarily play uh, nearly as well. Let's just kind of put it that way. So there's the gist on Michigan State. Um, but, you know, uh, Michigan State being a team that has the target on their uh, had the target on their back entering the season. Nobody from this conference is going to forget about that. So they're certainly going to have all the teams within the conference that won't forget, you know, that they were the number one team coming into the season. Preseason ranked, so everybody's got that game highlighted and circled on their calendar. A lot of people started feeling like Auburn, who was definitely gaining steam and for a good reason, coming off of the Final Four. This kid named Isaac Okoro from McEachern High School. I love this kid. He's a guy that is a freshman, um, a really good build, can play defense on pretty much just about any position on the floor, and is not a bad offensive player either, but he is a straight workhorse. So if you like the Kenneth Farids and the Montrez Heralds and the I don't know, Ben Wallace might be taking it a bit far, but if you like those guys that are defensive-minded and workhorses and guys that know their role and and that's their specialty and they take a lot of pride in it, that's one guy you want to check out without question. I think he is a first-round pick and arguably uh, a lottery pick for them as well. But Auburn is a team that fell after losing back-to-back games. They haven't played a ranked team yet. Uh, the the first ranked team that they will play after, of course, losing to uh, Alabama, who was not ranked. They won't play a ranked team until they play Kentucky. Uh, and Kentucky will be the only ranked team throughout the course of the season, more than likely, unless somebody gets up under this LSU umbrella. No, I'm not talking about light skin United because I do love to rep that. But uh, this LSU team that uh, is obviously pretty freaking talented. If I'm just you know being honest with you, between you know Javante Smart and, and Emmett Williams, uh, you've got some athletic guys. You've got some pretty talented guys, and some guys is willing to work as well. And I'll be the first to tell you that I'm not the biggest of coach you know Wade 
type guys, uh, but I will say that they're taking care of business. You know, I think they're 5-0 and in conference play and at the top of the SEC all by themselves right now, unbeaten in the conference, and so they look good. Now, when I go back and I start talking about this Maryland team, who I have personally ranked at number 18, the AP has them ranked at 17. I, I do like Jalen Stick-Smith uh, as a defender and a better offensive player than people give him credit for. And uh, from the point guard spot and perspective, I can't necessarily say that I'll, I'll be the guy that that can vouch that much. I'm not the huge, hugest believer in uh, Maryland nor in, 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 in the head coach, but, but I do think that it's a team that has substantially been solid for the most part. A lot of the games that they've played against some of the better competition, they haven't won, but they did beat Marquette in Orlando. They beat Illinois this year, who I thought was going to peak early and showcase some really good defense. And my hopes were extremely high on this Illinois team to pretty much legit be a second weekend team for the NCAA tournament. They haven't been looking like that, but they have recently gotten much better. Uh, that's a team that Maryland beat. They beat Indiana. They beat Ohio State. Uh, but they lost to, you know, the Penn State and the Iowa, a couple other teams. So from that standpoint, they haven't necessarily looked the strongest, but their resume, you know, matches up better than a lot of the other teams when you start looking at who should be ranked between that 15 to 19 space versus the 20 to 25 space. So as much as I didn't want to rank Maryland above 20, uh, I got to give them some credit with, you know, with Illinois being right underneath them. Wichita State takes two L's uh, over the weekend in in, in which, uh, or, or last week rather, in which, you know, I... It looks like Wichita State's kind of slowly making their way back. Now, they're not going to be the undefeated team that it was about a handful of years ago and and, and that type of deal. But uh, certainly within the AAC and making the switch into conferences, there's not very many teams that can compete with them and keep them from exceeding the expectation, you know, meeting the expectation, let alone exceeding the expectation. But one of those teams is Houston. And... This is a Houston team, I believe, right now that is what I think tied for first or tied for second, and you know has 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 honestly, you know, looking at it, um, you know they're tied for first. They got a fourteen and four record. They've beaten South Carolina, Washington, SMU, and you know Wichita State. And I know that that's not really a whole lot worth sneezing at, but especially when you have losses to teams like Tulsa and. Oklahoma State and I I do give them some credit for uh, the BYU and the Oregon loss and I know that's going to sound crazy but those two teams I think are legit are they final four contenders probably not especially BYU but I think that Oregon is a really good team and and I'm not sure that anybody can really argue that Peyton Pritchard is if not the best player in the country then certainly the most winningest and accomplished point guard uh in the country and that's that's just fact this is a guy that's won state championships on every level and when they went to the final four a few years ago and lost to north carolina uh out there in arizona i think he was a freshman point guard on that roster as well so uh just you know looking at a couple teams here around the country remember to share some of this tate's take 
podcast. This is Tate's Take the Podcast, where you get nothing but 110% non-biased, not nearly as much opinion as you get fact. Uh, You'll definitely get some of the best content right here. And just something to, you know, I try not to play devil's advocate, just trying to give you the facts. But there's some really interesting stuff that I think people should really pay attention to when you're talking about college basketball on this season and in case you were wondering as far as for uh for wichita state right now they are fourth in the american athletic conference with a 15 and 3 record with wins over south carolina oklahoma state oklahoma vcu memphis and at uconn those losses being west virginia temple and houston it will be interesting to tap into this West Virginia team maybe just a little bit because it's a lot of times, and I've been feeling this way for years, I'm not sure that Bob Huggins get. actually I am sure, Bob Huggins doesn't get the credit that he deserves, especially as a defensive coach, and he doesn't have nearly the best talent nationally around the country year in and year out like a lot of, like a lot of other programs do. But he's definitely very much accomplished even dating all the way back to his days at Cincinnati. Now I know a lot of people have gone on and 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 maybe disagree with me a lot on this Texas Tech team and I think they're getting a lot of love shown even by still being ranked right now where I don't have them in my poll but currently in the AP poll. They're 18 which I think is significantly high. Uh, they're third in the Big 12 right now with a 12 and 5 record and I know that people will instantly make the jump and say well they beat the number one team in the country uh at the time being louisville and i think that was on the neutral side at madison square garden if i'm not mistaken but check out these other three wins that happen to be their best wins oklahoma state in conference kansas state in conference iowa state in conference Outside of that Louisville game, I don't see any significant wins. Now, check out the team. It's not that they haven't played any teams in the non-conference schedule. The problem is that they've lost. Lost against Iowa. Lost against Creighton. Lost against Baylor at West Virginia. And one of my personal favorites who I put and grouped in the same category as... Illinois earlier this year where I had high hopes. And it's not that they've been necessarily disappointing me. It's, they, they've come a long way. And I'm starting to really, really respect their program. And what they've got going on under head coach and Dave Lido is is DePaul. With Romeo Weems and a couple of these other players that they have you know, in, in that program. And they're playing some pretty significant, solid basketball. Now, the other team that I was talking about when I was talking about the Big Ten, I know that I mentioned Luca Garza a little bit. But when you talk about a similar team who's fourth tie for fourth in the big 10 13 and 5 record very similar to texas tech and they beat texas tech that was when i was talking about iowa who i'm glad to see you know uh back in the rankings now at number 19 how they're ranked underneath texas tech i can't be the person to answer that question you got to ask the associated press and, and i get it you know when you lose the five games like i said you're looking at texas tech's five games that they lost iowa creighton depaul which was on the road, uh, Baylor, and then West Virginia on the road as well, versus Iowa's losses being DePaul as well, which is pretty impressive for DePaul to be beating uh, two teams um, minimum in the top 25 between Texas Tech and, and Iowa. But, you know, they lost to DePaul, lost to San Diego State, who's unbeaten, lost to Michigan, which starting to look like an even worse loss 
than it was, but they also beat them uh, as well. Uh, lost against Penn State, who's been pretty good. Now the Nebraska, you know, Nebraska lost, you know, I understand. I get it. The mayor, Fred Hoiberg, it is what it is. That's a very depleted team right now. If there's ever such thing as tanking in college basketball, you better believe that Nebraska's doing it. But when you have wins over Texas Tech and at Syracuse, and I know that that's not much to sneeze at, and Syracuse probably right there somewhere living right around the bubble as they typically are season in and season out over the course of the last handful. But in the Carrier Dome to be Iowa basketball, I think that that's that that that's a pretty big win beat minnesota which isn't you know outstanding but i know that that is a rivalry game between iowa and minnesota beat iowa state so they won the in-state rivalry beat cincinnati which is a a a pretty respectable program if not nothing else with jared cumberland and, and company beat maryland uh, who at the time, you know, was a what top ten, top fifteen team as well, and like I said, beat Michigan. So I think that that's that. I, I think that that's pretty solid. I know some people have Stanford somewhere right in there uh, at the bottom of the pack. Right now they're tied for first place. They're fifteen and three, but their resume just doesn't quite match up. I mean, we're talking about a Stanford team that has wins against Oklahoma, Washington, and at UCLA. And which one is, you would think that UCLA is probably their best win, but that's just according to program prestige. All three of those teams are unranked. So if there's anybody that's saying how on earth is the number one ranked team within the conference in terms of the standings in a Power 6 conference not ranked, that's probably the reason why. And the Pac-12 has been really bad. (laughs) <laughs> and I said that they're they're tied for first because USC is that other team that is tied for first right along with them uh, who has wins over TCU and LSU and UCLA and, of course, Stanford. Uh, so I guess technically that would probably, based on, you know, the straight-up head-to-head meeting, uh, that would put USC at first in the conference. But, you know, when they lost against Washington, Marquette, and, 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 and against Temple. But... Uh, when you start talking about Stanford, I mean, let me let, let, let's go over that just one more time, so that we very 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 clear for the people on the West Coast as to what the according to standings two best teams are in the Pac-12. Here goes their overall record is thirty and six, which hmm, I respect that. That's cool. But the next question is against two. Between Stanford's wins against Oklahoma, Washington, and UCLA, and USC's wins against TCU, LSU, UCLA, and Stanford, who is the best team of that group? Who is the best win in that group? Because if my memory serves me correctly, none of those teams are even ranked have they even been ranked in the top 25 this year? Washington was ranked in the top 25 this year. And LSU was ranked in the top 25 this year. But after maybe like the second or third week, I don't think that we've seen either one of those teams ranked. Or slightly, you know, after. And then you look at the losses. Temple. Marquette. Washington. I mean, if you're USC... I don't see how you can even come close to sniffing the top 25 rankings 
who's the best team of that group between Temple, Marquette, and Washington. And I'm not saying that they that those teams stink necessarily. It's just that I don't have a lot of confidence in either of those three teams. And while I'm not the biggest guy in terms of Marquette and Washington is all right, they're a young team, and I, you know, I, I, I like Mike Mike Hopkins and the way he plays that zone defense, bringing it over from Syracuse as a former longtime assistant under Jim Beheim. And Temple typically plays pretty good defense, but they started off strong early in the year. I just don't see it for them. I, I, I just I don't know if there's something I'm missing, but there's a reason why me nor the AP has them in the top twenty five. And some like I said, some people will say Stanford should be in the top twenty five. But look at their losses. To to the same USC team that I just said, lost to Kansas, which most people say, ah yeah, but it's Kansas. I mean it is Stanford versus Kansas for crying out loud. Basketball, not football of course. Uh and then, you know, a loss against Butler, who has been a certainly a top ten team for the majority of the season so far. So while their non conference is a little more heftier than USC or just about almost anybody in that conference just because of the fact that they played Butler and Kansas, two teams that were ranked in what, the top five just a week ago? Or somewhere right up in that range. There are also games that they lost as well. But give Stanford some credit. They're playing some pretty good defense. They're 12th in the country in points allowed at just under 60 points per game. So you've definitely uh, got to take your hat off to them and give them a little bit of credit. And this is probably the longest segment on Pac-12 basketball that you will probably ever hear in your life. So give me some credit. All the way on the other side of the country and talk a little bit of Pac-12. I think that my dude, Bill Walton, would probably be pretty proud of me. And by the way, let me know. Hit me up on the social media at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Of course, you're listening to Tate's Take, the podcast, uh, all basketball podcast, 94 feet by 50 feet wide. 22 feet and three and one third inches out. Be sure to tweet at me. Or if you're a fan of Bill Walton, because I love Bill. I, I, you're either with him or against him. Like you either love him or you hate him. It's kind of like the Patriots or Duke or Dallas Cowboys. There's the, probably the most football reference rather that you're ever going to get during one of my podcasts. As we know, uh, just one game to go before the Super Bowl is over. But uh, then we, they're not going to have the basketball stuff all to myself. But nonetheless, Feel free to uh, tweet at me. Let me know if you're a Bill Walton guy. Because I'm a Bill Walton guy. I had to grow on me a little bit. I mean, the, the dude's licking neckties and, and eating cupcakes lit on fire. Like, that's just, that's what's happening. That's what you get when you get Bill Walton. And so, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm staying up late night watching some Pac-12 basketball. And I'm enjoying every single last bit of that that I get the chance to. But moving forward, I mean, if there's a team that you like to, to, to for me to touch on during one of my podcasts, we're going to try and do this as often as possible a Monday, Wednesday, Friday if we possibly can and start looking forward to some of the games that are coming up for the week. And speaking of being on Monday, uh, West Virginia took care of Texas. West Virginia being number 14 team in the country took care of them 97 to 59. So what is that? Somewhere nearly close to about a 40 point win. That's pretty bad. I would imagine that Shaka Smart won't be the coach there very much longer. Uh, a guy who had the opportunity to coach, you know, Illinois and, and, and UCLA and many other teams were calling for him after that run to the Final Four with VCU, and it just hasn't panned out there in Texas where they got all that long paper. Uh, but 
I've been one that's been lobbying to see him in downtown Atlanta at Georgia Tech, not just because I think that he's very fitting for the community, uh, but also because I think that he would do a very good job in recruiting and uh, that the players can relate to him. So uh, in a minute, he's going to find himself in the unemployment line. Uh, as he just lost by nearly 40 points to West Virginia. Baylor takes care of Oklahoma in their first game played in the number one spot. Took care of them by four points, 61-57, to after a nail-biter on the road at Gallagher-Iba Arena um, against Oklahoma State. So uh, the rest of the week is as followed in regards to the top 25. Georgia at Kentucky. I went to the last one. It was Kentucky at Georgia, and that was... I think that that got relatively interesting, at least for me anyways. Uh, I think that I'm going to take Kentucky in that one at at Rupp Arena. Texas Tech at TCU. (sighs) I want to take TCU in that one so bad. It would not surprise me the least bit to see Texas Christian win that game. For my own personal reasons, I want to see TCU win that game. Jamie Dixon has been doing an outstanding job. I think that's going to do it. I gave my my take. Of course, Tate's take. There's only one take, and that's Tate's take, of course, where basketball lives. I appreciate you guys for listening to the podcast. Again, at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Remember to share, tell a friend. Uh, We're going to talk some NBA and some high school on the next one around, so keep your eyes and your ears open for that. Uh, Accessible to Apple Podcast and Google Podcast, Red Circle, uh, you name it, the whole nine, it's there for you guys to be able to enjoy. And of course, and most of those people have like a little box with an arrow pointing up. Feel free to go ahead and share on to a friend and let them know to subscribe because subscribing, of course, is free. And uh, somebody cannot help everybody, but everybody can help somebody. So we'll talk some Zion Williamson on the next one. It's a little bit of NBA, what's going on around the league in terms of uh, even including the most recent news that we're finding out in regards to the mental health issues with Delonte West and all that kind of good stuff. So keep it locked and stay right there. Uh, you're listening to Tate's Take, where basketball lives.